welcome back to Draft Picks Tap Room in Mobile, Alabama. This is Matt Miller, lead NFL draft writer for Bleach Report, and we are so excited that you guys are here with us on our last night in Mobile. It's sad. I hate it. I want to. I want to move down here. Okay, maybe not that much, but I want to be here longer than four days. I'm gonna start negotiating next year. We're staying for Mardi Gras. Damn it, that Connor. Didn't work out too we're well staying the last for Mardi Gras. I did that, so I don't know you about that. your boots on last time. That's, that's a great night. Connor's exactly here. Right. Mello's here. Mello, say hello to the people. Let them hear that voice. Hello to the people. Kennedy's back for a second night of draft on draft. No Baker Mayfield stories tonight, right? Sadly, no. Yeah. Sadly, nope. we got a dog. Oh, we got a dog yeah. in here. Well, we can top Samson the dog because yeah, yeah. we have a dog that. Maybe found some weed, and he's barking. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting night. We're going to have some ambiance, uh, people yelling at us. We had people yell at us last night after the show. We might people yelling at us tonight during the show. It's going to be interesting. I think he just licked me. Okay. Um, so you know who we are. Now you know what we're doing. We are down here for the Senior Bowl. We're going to get you updated on everything we saw today, everything we heard today, things that are happening around the league as they affect the draft. I heard a funny story, or I read it this morning on Twitter, and it's it pissed the NFL off last night, which I'm usually a fan of, right? Let's, you know, fuck the man. Let's stick it to him. Uh, the NFL was mad last night because John Dorsey, the new GM of the Cleveland Browns, went and got your boy Marcus Davenport, and they went on a little date. Little mandate, 40 minutes. That's a long interview down here. It's longer than my first marriage. Yeah, and we've seen teams kind of do this in a way that doesn't get reported. I remember one year, I can't remember what player we were tracking, but we were on the field after practice, and scouts will pull guys away and take their sweet time. So I'm not really shocked by this, and I don't personally think it's a gigantic deal. I do find it that interesting that when they're talking to Davenport, for that long, it does show a certain level of interest. There's no doubt about that. And the Browns are picking first and fourth overall. And they're picking 33rd, too. Yeah, so that's exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it does kind of add up. But um, I don't think there'll be any repercussions of this. But it's an interesting story. I, I find it interesting for a couple of reasons. Like you said, it shows a level of interest. And you have to know, like, John Dorsey's been around the block. You know this story's going to get out. It's just like my conspiracy theory about the Broncos being so outspoken about wanting Baker Mayfield on their team. I think it's the longest con in the world. Like, oh, we want Baker on our team. He hired an agent in Colorado. Like, there's no way Phil Savage is leaking that story without John Elway's permission. Of course, and, and we caught up with uh, Elway after practice today, and somebody, I forget who it was, but asked him a really good question. You know, what is the difference? What are you getting out of this that you wouldn't get out of your combine interviews? And John was honest. He said, listen, we get 15 minutes with these guys at the combine. Here we're coaching them for an entire week. We get to know the person, not just the player. Yeah, which is why, uh, Melo, I want your opinion on this. It's being, I guess, reported slash speculated. Baker kind of said, man, I don't know if I'm going to play in the game yet. That is a horrible decision. If ever a guy needed to say, uh, he came down here wanting to like shun the Johnny Manziel comparisons. And he has so far. He has so far. Play in the fucking game. Yeah, he's not going to show you much in practice like we've talked about on our earlier shows. This dude is a gamer. If he wants to showcase what he can do, he's going to have to do it on Saturday. I know the game is not very important, and we get pissed off sitting up in the booth because all they want to do is run special teams, and all we want to see is one-on-ones. But... That's they Baker's ins- time to, sh- and they time have to, to install shine. for a game. That's why we see all those but things. But I've done my kicker punter scouting for the year, so I've kind of enjoyed it. I yeah, know that- who the best gunner in the draft is now, so yeah. that long snapper is nice. All right, another interesting nugget today, and someone tweeted me this question, and instead of responding on Twitter uh, where I don't get paid, I thought I'd respond on here where I do. Uh, why are the Titans interviewing Josh Allen? Well, it's all lumped in together. Sure. You know, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how, they don't break it down for me. So why are the Titans interviewing Josh Allen? Someone asked that tonight. 
The reason is because you have to scout all these players. Like it might not even be because you're going to draft him. Obviously, they have Marcus Mariota. They're pretty happy, but it's it's almost like opposition intel. You know, like okay, well, we want to know what this kid's yeah. like, and, and also you have to prepare for the the unfortunate. Like, what if Mariota gets hurt, and in four years you need a quarterback? You need to know who Josh Allen is as a person. So that you can have a plan. And you want to know who's going to get drafted in front of you. So if you feel like you can kind of do your own work there, you can get a better idea. I think that's probably where the Titans yeah. are going. Not drafting your quarterback. <laughs> I, think they're, I think they're happy. Well, I, think in, I think in most years when this happens, it's because they also want to know about their teammates. But we have heard how much this Wyoming team, <laughs> yeah, unlike last that. year, doesn't have prospects like that. So, yeah. you know, so that is one thing where it's really just getting a feel for how the board is going to fall. And you have to do that. You have to know everything. So it definitely adds Smart. up. It's a new head coach, though. Maybe he's just sick of Mariota already, <laughs> and, you know? He's not tied to Mariota. Maybe he's just going to change yeah. the pace here. You and your conspiracies that just no, get that's thrown out. Like, yeah. All right. Shaquem Griffin is one of the, I, th- I think, a fan favorite down here, rightfully so. He's gotten a lot of attention. Um, a great story, a, a national champion that we're all rooting for. One thing I found interesting today, uh, that they started moving him around. They played him outside backer, inside backer, strong safety, free safety. And, and we talked about it uh, in a video that will come out tomorrow morning in the Bleacher Report app about how much we loved that they're giving him a chance to succeed because he is a great athlete. You can't watch the Peach Bowl and not think, shit, this kid is really good. Like, he was arguably the best player on the field in that game, but because of his limitations, none of us really know how to value him. So I liked that they were giving him a lot of looks. Well, I also think it's the right thing to do because he was versatile in college. This is who he is. So when it comes down to it, set him up for success. And if he truly is not getting a combine invite, this is really his combine. When you look at all the teams that are down here, he could show them, hey, you were wrong and the NFL was wrong. I should have been at the combine. I'm that type of athlete that can play multiple spots in the front seven, in the secondary, do a lot of things. The hand is not holding him back. And I think it's a really good opportunity, not only for him, but for all of the scouts and coaches here to see what he can bring to a team and why he is a draftable player. And it's they're as doing him that. a favor, too, yeah. because he was struggling at linebacker. He looked great going through the bags and things like that. But as soon as the blockers got on him, he struggled to get free. So giving him a look back at safety, you know, free and strong, both, they're really helping him out because he is a good story. I don't know if the NFL is buying into it. I don't think they read the story. They just want to know the player. Yeah, and he did struggle. He he struggled coming off blocks, and it's, it, it is what it is. So I like the idea to get him in space, get him moving, because that is where he makes a lot of plays. Um, he, he did stand out to me today as an athlete. It's, it's impossible to watch practice and not see him making plays. Just like it was impossible to watch UCF and, and not see him make a You know place. what's been really nice for Shaquem Griffin down here besides that is his personality is captivating. I, I think, when, <laughs> yeah. And that matters sometimes because you're talking about a guy that I think can go out and be a captain of a special teams and work his way into sub packages on a defense. That stuff matters because when you're, you need a captain for your special teams, and I think he's a guy that can go out and do that. He's shown that so far. Uh, can I brag for a second? Sure. Uh, yeah. first, first on the show, I made Ozzie Newsome laugh today. What'd you say? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's say? appropriate for the podcast. <laughs> what it has it been is. so far? Uh, he, Connor, you got seventy percent of editorial. That's so. right. Yeah, you well, can I'm cut this you, if you I'm want. I'm giving you a hundred right now. <laughs> okay, so. we were in an elevator going up in the press box, and some of the pro football focus guys were in there, and they were asking, "You oh, know, how's it going?" And saying, "As you know, how it is for me here. You know, we watch football and drink." And they're like, "Oh, we haven't made it out yet." I was like, yeah, I'll see you there. Uh, my eyes are red from my allergies. And he started laughing. He was like, this guy, man. And yeah, he, he knew you're up to So I'm going to be the, the next GM of the Ravens. Yeah, I think Breaking that news. it's just coming anytime coming. now. 
yeah. anytime. Yeah, they're going to call me tomorrow and be like, hey, should we, who should we draft? One last thing before we do take a break. We got to talk about who made themselves some money today. I think that's super important. Um, you know, for me, it was really the South DBs. I think that group came out and competed. And don't get me wrong, the receivers looked a lot better today and won one-on-one. So it's not just saying that they went out and dominated, but the level of competition was extremely high. I think you have a guy like Levi Wallace who has started I for Alabama who started for Alabama and came out and showed that he fears no one. I think he's, you know, obviously a little bit of a lighter player, but he has some good length. I think when you go down this group, though, MJ Stewart is a guy that has a lot of experience in press coverage, and he'll come out, and I don't know how the deep speed is, but when you're talking about playing at the line, he will punch you in the face, and there's teams that yeah. that's, that'll fit a system. I liked his recovery speed today in drills. Uh, our breaking rounds, you know, he was playing with catch-up speed. Like you said, he could play press the line of scrimmage. I, I, the guy you highlighted last night, Saran Neal, he is a handsy motherfucker. He's an aggressive handsy. That and he's yeah. just an athlete. It's like a raw he, athlete. He's going to have to be taught to cover, though. They yes. were pulling him aside. The refs were pulling him aside after almost every rep being like, hey, you can't do this. You yeah. can't do that. So he he does flash, and you're like, oh, man, this guy looks the part. He's six one two five. He needs to be molded. It's like yeah, a Yeah, you could tell that, like, oh, well, yeah, they didn't work on this at Jacksonville Just State. to round out that group, I think the, the safeties have actually really you know, I like those safeties off. I know a lot. You, I know you like Quinn Blanding. I think Trey Matthews is always looking to hit someone, and I absolutely love bringing that to the field. Jeremy Reeves is a guy that's a little smaller for a safety, but I think he moves really well. And a guy that didn't come in as a safety really as a corner in Cameron Kelly is a guy that's showing length he's showing that he can play safety he's showing yeah. versatility and it's just been a lot of fun to watch this group day after day yeah we've we've made fun of like you know in our group the south offense and like god this practice is so boring but the receivers uh, have stood out and my money maker was James Washington a, a guy that I I looked tonight I had him ranked in the third round coming into this and I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch because I thought man this short Chubby wide receiver is not going to be able to separate when he gets out of Oklahoma State. And guess what? I was wrong. He dominated it. He yeah. was getting separation. He was being physical through routes and transitions. And I, I didn't see him drop a ball all day. And he doesn't have Josh Allen at Baker Mayfield throwing to him. He has Kyle Laletta and you know, Brandon Silvers and guys who people think I just made up. It's like, yeah. who? What? And, you know, we call this money makers because that's what these guys are doing. They James Washington went from like, wide receiver four or five. Now he's getting himself some attention where I think he could sneak back up into the late round one or at least early two if he keeps up what he's doing and he shows a good showing at the combine. He looked very good today and like like the segment it's called. This dude went and made himself some money today. He stood out. It's as simple as that. And that's what you want to do if you're down here trying to make some money. So you yeah. you got two D linemen that stood out to you today. Yeah. Tyquan Lewis from Ohio State. This dude is a beast. I know Connor and I have talked about Didn't Will Hernandez. Yeah. Lewis is the only guy that could even manage Hernandez. And he did very well against him today. He held his own. Also, Justin Jones, the tackle out of North Carolina State, looked very good. These guys are finally starting to get it. I think the competitiveness is getting there in the drills, and they actually want to win the drill. Yesterday was rough. Today looked much better for both of these guys. Yeah, and his teammate, uh, B.J. Hill, had a good day as well. The the North Carolina State D-line looks good. And their best one, Bradley Chubb, isn't even here. That was a good D line. Great yeah. D line. Yeah, so. Ohio State's as well. Jalen Holmes, Jalen Holmes, Tyquan Lewis. The, those guys were backups to Nick Bosa and Sam Hubbard, and they still have Draymond Jones coming back next year. D tackle, uh, just just keeps turning it over. So we've we've talked about like, oh, Clemson's so deep, and and these guys are all, man. North Carolina State was right up there with them. It was a good group. All right, let's take our first break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll have a little bit of fun when we come back. We're gonna talk insider buzz, quarterback stock watch. The best things we saw on and off the field. We'll be right back.
Hey, welcome back to Draft Picks Tap Room at Mobile. We are going to have some fun now. We we talked off air, and I tried to run a, an MFK button. We got shut down by our producer, so can't do that. <laughs> so we had to reconfigure. So I would like to ask my friends Connor and Mello a question. Kennedy, you can jump in if you want. Okay. you got to answer this, too. Though. I'm going to answer yeah, it, too. Gonna I'm gonna get, I'll give you my answers uh, first, since I'm in charge of the microphone right now. Um <laughs> You have to pick one prospect here to be your bodyguard, one prospect here that you would fight, and one prospect here that you would party with. Party with is the most obvious answer in the world. We can all agree to agree if we want. It's Baker Mayfield. No, fuck that. I'm not partying with some guy from OU. <laughs> no, part of an OU fan. No. Okay, well, mine was obvious. It's Baker Mayfield. And he comes up to Fayetteville, which is a short drive for us. Yeah, we get arrested. Yeah, no, I think I party. might be faster than him when the cops start chasing us. I think yeah. I'm actually good. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm tackled. Okay. If, uh, Connor? Uh, uh, what do you want first? Uh, I'll tell you who I fight right away. The kickers. Uh, you fight the kickers. This what if they enough. kick you? That's fine. I still have a chance. Against the defensive line, you're, you're dead. You fight the kickers. They this is a bob this is a no-brainer. Uh, party with, man, once you, you take Baker out of the equation, it's kind of tough. I feel like Puna Ford, your guy's guy. Puna would be fun. He'd be kind of yep. fun. You're hanging was, out with a guy that's like 5'11", 315 pounds, just muscle. Yeah. And you know nothing's going to go wrong. I know that's kind of the bodyguard and the partying combined. That's how I like to party. So yeah. that's, and, right. and, that's why you keep me around, man. I, I want Melo to say who his bodyguard is going to be because there's just no disputing this one. Everybody should oh, yeah. this guy. It's Will Hernandez because Connor and I have the biggest man crush on him right now. After practice today, everybody was doing their interviews, and he's standing there. And bartender Dan, I think, was like, hey, you're going to go talk to your boy. And it's like, no, I'm not getting anywhere near him because he'll probably block me and knock the shit out of me. Like, I'm staying at least five yards out. He looks yeah. like a longest yard extra is what he looks like. And that's a guy you don't want to fuck with. So I think that's everybody's like, hard. Undisputed. Latimer from the program were Hispanic and played lineman. He would be Will Hernandez. I went Alex Kappa because I knew you would go Hernandez. And Kappa's film is just dirty. Like He is a mauler. He's handled Marcus Davenport right. down here. Yeah. And he, you know, he rolls with Latrell's Bentley and Duke Mannyweather and Jeff Schwartz, all those guys. So I feel like they put in a good word for me. Be like, don't let anything happen to this guy. Kennedy, who would your bodyguard be? All right. Other than the kickers, I don't think I could take anybody here, so I'm going to go a little off. What about off. the punters? Yeah. And, One of them's like six no, foot six. You know, but. I would fight Josh Rosen just because he's sure. so skinny. Oh, Probably I know that, yeah. Well, in his interviews on TV, his shoulders look so small, so... I know it's not here, but I think that's one person I think I could take. Okay, big my chin, person knows yeah, easy targets, right? My person to fight was Braxton Berrios because I got size on him, and I saw him take a shot to the Trend head yesterday. Lightly. So Trend nowhere lightly. to go, He's scrappy. Nowhere to yeah, go. Yeah, but he did take lightly. all those hits. Like I'd dude fight the ghost. That's yeah. his nickname. He's out here all swagged out and all white. Stormtrooper Berrios. That's who yeah. I'm fighting. Okay, am I up for who I'm going to fight? Yes, I thought it was obvious. It's either Luke Falk or Tanner Lee because those guys can't hit anything. Tanner Lee, today. Yeah, he'd swing and miss. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Let's go right over my he head. He would hit the guy standing beside you. Yeah. He'd hit his own friend. That's what he did all day. Speaking of Tanner Lee, we do want to do our quarterback, quarterback stock watch again. And I think it's been very uneventful, this group of quarterbacks, in terms of stock yeah. movement. I will say Baker Mayfield has come down here and been the guy. I think in terms of leadership commanded the huddle making you know nothing no crazy throws but overall just he's he's hitting the ones that really matter i think allen has had splash plays that have been eye-opening i think it's consistency that's been the problem with him and after those two guys 
me personally, there hasn't been much. No, it falls off drastically. Drastically, that. yes. It's almost like questionable if they if they're going to get draftable grades. I would argue with the rest yeah. of the guys. And I wanted to come in and and really like Laletta from Richmond. I thought he has yeah. some skill. I think he's been getting better as the practices go on, but it's just not there yet. I think the three of us are always going to disagree about Josh Allen, and we've come to terms with that. Like you said, he was inconsistent today. I thought he was much better today than he was yesterday. So in your eyes, he's been the bona fide best guy, though. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. I, I don't think that. I think he and Baker are still fighting to separate themselves. But they've both just—they've been who they are. You know, I it's thought, like they haven't done anything that you're like, oh shit, I didn't know he could do that. I thought Baker won day one. Like he looked better day one, and then I thought Josh Allen came in today and looked better than Baker did. So we'll see what happens and tomorrow. And I, I think one of the things with Baker is you just have to give him credit for what he's learned. And that's so much about what the evaluation process here, seeing how these guys are coached. And, you know, with Allen, the, the one thing that I've noticed from watching him live and watching the tape is I do think his footwork looks cleaner. I, I don't think it's like muscle memory yet to where he's making every throw, taking the right steps, and, and he's still trying to figure it out and get – own rhythm with these receivers that's something he told us after practice is you know hey i'm still trying to figure this out but we we have a video dropping friday morning talking about this that i've been texting people all week trying to figure out okay am i too high on this guy what's going on because you hear things you talk to people on twitter and they're like man this kid isn't any good but i keep hearing he's good and uh i talked to multiple teams drafting in the top five or six picks and one got back to me today and said, man, this kid's going to be the first or second pick. Stop worrying about it. Whether he should be or not, he's going to be drafted early. So let's move on from it. Well, I'm not ready to move on from it. Why not? Because I hope that he falls out of the top ten. I don't I, see him get I, drafted early. I can't wait for you to get your tattoo when he is drafted in the top ten. Natty Light. We, we talked more specifics today. You have to get a tattoo if he's drafted top ten. I have to go in if he's drafted 11 to 32. We've never planned my tattoo. I think that shows how confident we are. Here's my problem with Josh Allen going potentially first overall. Is he the guy, and I just say definitely not, the guy that can come to Cleveland and bear those expectations of not only the first overall pick, but a franchise that has not had a quarterback? I don't think that he would be. like If you draft him first overall, it's not Cam Newton. You he's have, not playing as a rookie. You have to have a free agent option in place, right? That's, that would be the point. Or an Alex Smith or a guy like that. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably the most likely option is you would okay. John Dorsey, who knows Alex Smith, but trade for him and then probably fire Hugh Jackson and hopefully hire a coach who can work with Josh Allen. Probably some, somebody from the Chiefs. They've got somebody. Yeah, right, it's going to be someone. Mike Kafka is probably going to be a head coach in two years, the way that tree works. But I think that's the difference. And something that people have a hard time with is saying a guy should be the first pick versus saying he will be. Or, or saying he'll yeah. be the first quarterback off the board versus I think he should be. He's my third-ranked quarterback. Well, you know? it, I mean, it's, it's not like I'm saying he's the best prospect in the draft or the best quarterback in the draft. He's not, but he has the best potential of the quarterbacks in the class. Just like you talked about Joe Mixon last year. There were 30 teams that said, no, this guy's not That's any true. good. We're not going to take him. All it's going to take is one team saying, you know what? We do love Josh Allen. Hopefully it's somebody 11 to 32, but somebody will say, I love Josh Allen and his potential, and I'm going to take him. Yeah. How about your note of the day? What stood out to you guys? For me, it was Jordan Akins from UCF, a guy that I thought had no buzz coming into the week. And I think you're looking at this tight end group, and you're really looking for athletes, a guy that could be a move tight end, a guy that could work the seam. And in the red zone, he just looked like a different guy. When he went up and made a one-handed catch, 
it was the wow moment of the day for me. It was the moment that stuck out, and I think it's one of those things where you look at it and you go, okay, his production was okay at UCF. He had 32 catches, about 500 yards, and four touchdowns. But when you talk about getting out here with guys that this is technically an all-star game, these are good players, yeah. go make a name for yourself when you didn't really have one coming in, even though it was a team that was undefeated. I thought he just looked a lot different of a player than we expected. Connor's well, just going humble brag because he got that sick video of that catch in the end zone. Yeah, like, he's got to mention it. Like, oh, way, you know if you want to see that catch, follow me <laughs> yeah. on Instagram, at Connor J. Rogers. I don't know. Is that your handle on Instagram? It's on Twitter. It's on Twitter, oh, at Connor J. Rogers. There we go. So there you go. Ask. Yeah. My, my note for the day and kind of what I took away is that the receivers improved drastically. We talked about timing yesterday. It's starting to develop, and these guys are comfortable. They're not, you know, traveling. They're not going through all the media day bullshit. It looked a lot better today. We didn't see very many drops. I don't think Josh Allen's arm was, you know, breaking any fingers today. And it looked a lot better from every receiver. There's something that I said in the press box that we – I just want to mention here really quickly. This can be my note of the day, but can you imagine being out there with all this pressure of all, thousands of people watching you? If you drop one pass or overthrow one ball or you miss one block and an entire – community, an entire industry shits on you. Like the pressure of that. It, it has to be daunting. None of us live with that. Uh, it has become a bit of an event where we live and die play by play and I think that's kind of a problem. It, it felt like you saw guys dropping. That might stick in your head for the rest of the day and then you come on and you say, why didn't they get a good day? But you might have missed the other reps. And that's that's a, why we watch practice the way we do with one person watching one position group. That way you're not exactly. bouncing around. But there are and you a lot of people see. here that do not and it, it makes it very, it's a it very does. tough environment to succeed in. Yeah, so mine South quarterbacks uh, aren't good. That's my note of the day and I, uh, I love watching quarterbacks. It's my favorite position to watch. I coached quarterbacks, and I hate watching the South quarterbacks. Uh, Listen, I just think the South practices, I just have given up on them entirely. I just go watch the DBs. Yeah, it's not a well-run practice. It's not, and besides the one-on-one, like I love the DBs on that team, as I said earlier, but the rest of it is just, and I understand they're doing things slow. They're getting the guys, you know, but they're installing. You know, they want to get them ready. They don't want to have them going full speed on day two. Because we don't have a lot of time here. But the bottom line is it's just not a very entertaining practice overall. Exactly, yeah. And that can really reflect talent a lot of the times. Yeah. All right. Best thing you saw on the field today, mine, I'm going to piggyback what Melo said. The wide receiver talent was so good today. The South roster, the North roster, whether it was Michael Gallup uh, from Colorado State or Deshaun Hamilton from Penn State, Jamal Moore from Missouri, uh, James Washington. So many guys stood out to us today that we we were all like, man, these, these guys are making plays today. And as route runners, as receivers, they, they all stood out. And even, like, I joked about Braxton Berrios. The kid's tough, and I, I love that about him. I can't wait to get a Patriots jersey of Braxton Berrios. <laughs> Why do you think he's going to the Patriots? He's just curious. 5'8", white, and tough. Okay. I mean, when you they look at the market cornered, <laughs> the best thing I saw on the field, this goes back to something Mello said earlier, it just felt like Taekwon Lewis didn't lose a rep. And every time you pick your head up and you look at the guy going one-on-one with someone and he's clearly winning and it's just a difference maker, that sticks out. Because like we said, it's not cherry-picking one rep. It's like this guy's different than everyone else on the field right now or at least his roster. Yeah. So how is that going to translate? It looks very good right now. I can't wait to see him at the combine, to see the athleticism, see what's yeah. there. Best thing I saw on the field was the tackle out of Army, Brett Toth. This dude is dominating in run block, obviously, because they throw the ball two times a game. <laughs> but he also looked athletic and showed good feet. Pass blocking was okay. Like, he held his own. I thought yep. he would struggle a lot more than he did, but he came out. He's got good size. He's got good athleticism. He really impressed me today. It's probably a right tackle. Yeah, Moving yeah. forward. I mean, yeah, dominant in the run game. And, and, but I, I agree. He, yeah, later he's round much tackle. more athletic than I expected to see. 
All right, the best thing you saw off the field this is where we can have a little bit of fun. Mine was the Coors Light the bartender Dan handed me tonight because it's been a long day. There's no doubt. Everybody's starting to wear down a little bit. Yeah. It's been a lot of practice. It's our last night here, though, so we got to, you know the rule, last night here, you got to turn up, Connor. Uh, me and Nellie had a great Uber driver on the way to the restaurant tonight. She was amazing. She was talking about how she's been driving coaches, fans, and somebody associated with the Jaguars. She was like, she thought it was the Panthers first off. She's like, yeah, the Panthers lost to the Patriots last weekend. And then she's like, I felt so bad for him. Like, And I was like, oh, man, I think it was the Jaguars. And she's like, yeah, I felt so bad for him. And it was just like, um, it was just unbelievable. Hopefully Some the, of the people, sweet little lady did not like tell him like, oh, you guys just lost to the Patriots. I'm so oh, sorry. Like, Can I add one more in? The sweet old lady at the restaurant tonight who stopped oh, yeah, our group. Yeah, we got yeah, nine yeah. people eating there. Sweet old lady that was shit-faced. She was, oh, I love it. I can't wait to marry someone like that when I'm 90. We're all wearing stick to, to right football now. gear. Yeah, give me a sugar mama. <laughs> and she stops and, and asks, you know, Mello and Dan and the guys at the table, you know, what's your, what are you guys doing? And it's like, oh, it's podcast or bleacher report. I'll stick to football. She goes, I'm just so proud of you guys. Yeah, like yeah. genuinely, she she stumbled backwards as she said it. She's like, I'm just so proud of you guys. And like starts to fade away on the last word. And you're like, oh, fuck. I want like, her to be my grandma. You just make sure she's not yeah. driving. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Like Melo said, our own grandmother has never said that. Never. No. Not even once. She, she's yeah. never even thought it. It's that's not a, about like That's a sadder thing. show that we'll have. Uh, Melo, what was your uh, favorite thing you saw off the field? Favorite thing that I saw off the field happened last night. We did our fourth meal. We went to Whataburger so you could get your fix. <laughs> And not fourth meal or early breakfast. You know, it, it kind of was early How breakfast. Early breakfast we, by the time we got there, yeah. we didn't eat breakfast till three o'clock today because we yeah. had lunch at eleven. Makes but, you think. You know, we all get there last night. We're all getting our food. We're kind of getting settled, and then you notice over in the corner, there's this guy. It looked like he was maybe passed out on the table, but dude was not breathing. It I looked thought like. he was dead. So yes, the Jesus best thing Christ. that I saw off the field turn. was this guy move because I really thought we were going to have a situation on our hands. But thank God, dude was possibly all right. I mean, he was at least alive. We know he was alive. So, Kennedy, other than myself and Nelson on camera tonight, what was the best thing you saw off the field? Okay, well, this one's going to kind of be on the field, but I thought it was so awesome when Josh Allen today threw that uh, TD pass on -on one-on-ones, and he went over to his receiver, and he just fired him up. And I think that that's a huge thing. And, you know, he's, like, so happy for himself, but obviously he's, like, going over, firing up his receiver, and then him and Baker, like, kind of, like, did that, you know. They brought out Yeah, they brought out a little bit. He's probably just excited that they didn't drop his pass, and he can finally look (laughs) at like, oh, that's my first fucking touchdown at the Senior Bowl. (laughs) I completed a passless party. All right, let's, let's take a little break. We'll come back for segment three where we're going to answer your questions. Draft on draft. We'll be back right after this from Draft Pick Taproom and Mobile. All right, everybody. Last segment of the last night. First off, big thank you to Draft Picks Taproom. This place has been amazing for us. Not only is it the perfect name for an NFL draft podcast. It's a kick-ass bar. Perfect bar. Perfect bar. Too. They've been Bags super in the back, got a patio. Great beer. Love that it. Happy Great beer. The other night. beer. Two-hour happy hour till midnight? Well, $2 And beer. there was a dog running around here. I felt like yeah. I was back in Brooklyn. No, loved it, it man. Awesome. So uh, I talked to the manager last night. She's like, y'all got to come back next year. Hopefully it happens. Uh, we took questions from people in the bar. Kennedy curated them. We also took some questions from people online. So thank you to everyone in the bar who participated. Some of you, like our boy Clayton, here every night early until like, except for tonight when we got here late. But awesome listeners every night. So let's let's do it. Yeah. So we're gonna start out with Clayton's question from tonight. Well, since you missed, yeah, missed twice, I missed tonight. twice. <laughs> so this is something. kind of yeah. This is, this is helpful. Um, if you can be one fictional TV character, who would you be? Scrooge McDuck. What? Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Why? I kind of am already. 
I don't even know who that is, Connor. You I, know, yeah, he's lost us. You never watched DuckTales? How entirely. old are you guys? Dan, somebody yeah, old. Somebody my age out there. Yeah. Yeah. Your brothers. We weren't there. You've been the, my whole life. You've been the there. duck who jumps off the diving board into his gold room and, like, swims in the coins. Okay. okay. Wow. Okay. That says a lot about you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> the, so, this is the things you learn about your podcast co-hosts that you don't know when you're in studio, but you come and do a show at a bar, and all of a sudden you're like, oh. <laughs> That's what this is about. He's materialistic. Not, I like yeah. money. Weird. I thought it was about the content all this time. No, wrong. no, no. We don't embellish, actually. It's just who we are. Mel, who would you be? Mine, like the first first person that came to mind for me was Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Oh, it's a great like, How badass was that kid? He had the summer of his life and then grows up to be a professional baseball player. Like you With mentioned a sweet Mike Trout. Mustache. Like, yeah, I'm... I'm Benny still the Jets. at home, man. I'm out running that dog. I'm Benny the Jets. I still think you should have named your podcast Connor and the Jets, like Melo suggested. <laughs> it would have been pretty. We could the always... theme song. Yeah. Connor and the Jets. I know, but I didn't know if I would be able to pull it off. So I need someone to sing <laughs> I it. I just sang it for you. I'll do it again. <laughs> it sounded excellent, by <laughs> Thank the way. Which we got really Whiskey did. Dan in here. I'm sure he could pull something off for you. All right. Who's, who's yours, Connor? That one's tough. I, I Maybe like. Johnny Drama from Entourage, subpar actor. Oh, says a lot too, Jersey over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very broy, very. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a perfect fit. I think Jen? mine's mine's totally cliche, but uh, I would be Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights, the TV oh. show. Oh Come on, she just owns Coach Taylor, so I had to go with that one. Didn't change my answer to Coach Taylor. <laughs> uh, Clayton, that was an awesome question, man. It was, yeah. yeah. It's, sometimes those are the ones we need like time to think about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Cole from tonight as well asked. How does Connor feel after two rough days of Marcus Davenport? I'm not really that concerned. Like, just to clarify something, I was excited coming into the week because I, I was tipped off that Davenport was getting top 20 love. And when me and Matt do our mock drafts, it's about what we're hearing, not what we think. Now, I do think Davenport is a top 32 player in this class. Now, top 20, top 10 is a little rich. And that's what we saw this week, a guy that you know, isn't going to be ready to get that kind of love. How is he going to test? We don't know. We haven't seen a lot of Ben. The power's there, but you're not playing Rice, and you're not playing North Texas anymore. You're going against the big boys, and you're going one-on-one -on -one with them, and you're not going to be able to bull rush them every time, and some of your handwork might need a little, it might need some work. So yeah. I'm not overly concerned about Marcus Davenport. My original comparison was Carlos Dunlap, and that sticks for me. I didn't go as far as DeMarcus Ware or yeah. Mary Williams. two thoughts. One... I think Davenport is like the defensive Josh Allen in this class. Like, if you believe in the potential and the canvas and what he can be, you like him. Two, how old are you? 26. Okay, Cole, he's been a Jets fan for 26 years. Two days of Marcus Davenport is not going to hurt this man. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, he has seen some shit. Well, yeah, when you're already dead inside, you can't be hurt, no. okay? I've watched Brooks Tell me Bollinger. About <laughs> I've watched Greg McElroy yeah. start games, Bryce Petty. The list can go on and on and on. You've watched so. Christian Hackenberg not get on the field for two years. Yeah, no, we haven't watched Christian Hackenberg really at all. And so. you're a Mets fan. Shit, dude. Yeah, fan, and a Knicks and Rangers fan. So wow, let's it's get been him a drink. Really, it's been really fun being a sports fan all my life. <laughs> uh, it's so much fun. <laughs> All right, Ken, what do you got? All right, so Eric Buter asked, well, he started with prolific in high school, experience in a pro-style offense, elite mechanics, questions about personality off the field. Is Jimmy Clausen a fair comparison <laughs> for Josh oh, Rosen? Man. Yikes. No, 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 yeah. no, no. I think uh, Rosen's much better. Yes. Like, he was just a better college player. Clausen. I like that buildup. That is great. Clausen, yeah, it was, it was always kind of like, oh, he's going to turn it on. Like, it's going to happen. This is his year. And it never happened. I mean, you're the, the Notre Dame fan. You, you speak better. And he was kind of before my time. You know, I mean, Jimmy was fine in college, but overall, he, I, they're not the same level of prospect. And there's that goes to show you, Rosen's not going in the second round. Yeah. I mean, Rosen is 
if we took away all this personality bullshit and all you know everything, all the injuries and <laughs> yeah, but like that stuff, yeah, I no. think is different from what we see when he's on the field healthy. He to me looks like an elite quarterback prospect. Clawson is more like Hackenberg. Like they were both great, and it just never clicked. The it golden boy kind of yeah. T- yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That's a good question. So this next question from Joshua Betts I found really interesting. Why isn't there a game with the declared underclassmen included? So it's a weird old rule where the the colleges and the NFL have this agreement that underclassmen won't play because it affects their – it's like luring them into the NFL. So they feel like if they showcase them, kids are going to go to the draft more. It's stupid because there's 106 underclassmen declaring now. And and it needs change. We've talked about it on the show before. It's a rule that needs changed, but the NCAA has to figure it out. The NFL has to figure it out, and they don't come together on this. That's why, like, Josh Allen and Brian O'Neill could be here because they've already graduated. But guys like Josh Rosen and and Sam Darnold can't be here because they haven't graduated yet. Well, and it's hard enough to find seniors that are going to come to Mobile and play. Yeah, how many seniors dropped dropped out? out. All over. If you're coming out as a junior, you should be a top pick. And you shouldn't have to prove yourself in a bowl game. That's a good point. Well, and I like that it gave Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield a reason to be out here because they've, but for a while, been buried behind Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. And it said, hey, this is your chance to go show that you belong ahead of those guys. So they're here, they're competing, and it helps differentiate things. Richard Bradshaw from tonight asked, who is the biggest winner from this wide receiver group so far at the Senior Bowl? It's James Washington. I looked uh, during our last break, and I did. I had him third round, and it was like, oh, confirmed round two gray with teams questions about speed ability to separate outside the scheme I I think he answered a lot of those questions he is so much faster in person than I thought he was on film or tv yeah like watching him play over the last four years even I didn't think he was going to be that fast but he separated very well from the corners uh the corners the d-backs that you liked Connor he looked very impressive today I mean I just make fun of him like oh look at Josh Reed out there you know former LSU receiver and it's like Pierre Garcia oh god damn it (laughs) totally favored the receiver but at the end of the day he came out and just dominated today he's he just dominated. so much faster and he looked way better i mean i didn't give him enough credit coming into this it's as simple as that and i think one guy that definitely did himself some favor serious jamont Moore from missouri i mean that the reason being is because we didn't even talk about that name at all before this and he's come out and done really well for him yeah i was telling the guys i don't know if you're in the press box there's some uh off field questions there. well that would make a lot of sense then. so that's yeah. why a guy who's like 63190 and catches the ball like that why haven't we been talking about he, him he's looked pretty damn fast yeah, yeah. so too. there's a reason we haven't been talking about him Carl in California wants to know, how many reps do you need or want to see in a setting like the Senior Bowl to feel like you have a fair sample size? A million. Really? Yeah, like, you don't tough. ever feel like you have a, a good sample size. And even, like, like let's say Luke Falk threw, like, 106 passes today. I think I saw that stat. A lot of those are, like, check downs or they're install throws. So it's not you're not seeing him make 106 NFL throws <laughs> yeah, against yeah. air. Yeah, so it's. There's never enough reps. There's really not. I mean, sometimes it's easy. Like, you can watch. I remember watching Von Miller as a junior and be like, this kid, this guy will be a top 10 pick next year. He's just that good. Or Khalil Mack. You watch Khalil Mack against Ohio State his senior year, and you're just like, oh, shit, this is what special looks like. But, you know, for a lot of these guys, especially the smaller school guys, or like, you know, Brett Toth, guys like that, you just you need more reps. And especially one of the problems with someone who's not here is, you know, like Lamar Jackson. People don't understand, why don't you guys like him? And it's, it's because when you want to scout Lamar Jackson, you have to watch 10 games to get 50 NFL throws. But And that makes our jobs so much harder because that's what you want to project and that's what you want to grade off of. And it's just, it's not there. So there's, there's never a set number. My rule is three games. I have to watch three games before I even like write a scouting report on a player. 
Nothing. I owned that answer. Owned it. All right. Yep. Wild. (laughs) Popping off asked, (laughs) "What is your favorite non-alcoholic beverage?" Oh, well, this is a good one from earlier. I answered yeah, yeah, online too and said lemonade. Lemonade? Yeah. <laughs> I don't drink not. I mean, it's either water or alcohol. So do they, healthy. Do they make non-alcoholic <laughs> drinks? I don't know when the last yeah. time I had one was. Yeah, O'Doul's. What? Yeah. What's, <laughs> what did I drink before I was twenty-one? Chocolate milk. I'm sitting next to a man. It's chocolate milk at Starbucks. No, no, no. I know I'm getting some heat this week for that. I don't go to Starbucks. Oh, so Dan okay. kind of threw you on. Yeah, the yeah. Bus. I don't go to Starbucks because I don't drink coffee. I, I threw you still him straight it. under the bus. Yeah, I, I just, didn't order it. You guys brought it. I, no, that's twice. Oh, you got completely. This, oh, this was then, a setup. That morning at the airport, they're like, "What do you want to drink?" And I was like, "Grab me a chocolate milk." I didn't know they were going to Starbucks. I thought they were just gonna get some drinks. We that, had to make him chocolate milk. It was like that's what seven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> is this a custom order? I'm yeah. not crazy. Like I'm not ordering cho- quesadillas milk. at Chipotle. Hey, yeah, you guys got a lot hey. of problems with the food ordering system. Yeah, yep. it's and we yep. got to talk. We have to talk. So about yours is somewhere. lemonade. Yours is chocolate. Yours is Dr Pepper. Mine's Dr Pepper, without a doubt. Mine, probably probably tea. But every morning I have to have a low carb monster, or I'm just a, more of a dick than normal. More of a dick. Wow. More of a dick. Maybe an asshole. Maybe maybe two for now on. Maybe two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about Could two you every have day? one in the afternoon? Yeah. Like, Senior bowl like, week. Yeah. A one o'clock. Balance yourself out. Monster. <laughs> Need a nap and a monster. Yeah. Okay, my life's so a mess. It's your siesta. My ex friend Tyler Warden, and I say ex after the comments oh, that he made about let's talk me. About it. Okay, he picked up three more. Let's talk about it. Yeah, our new best friend Tyler. No. When you decided to come down here with us, you know, we we like to get after it. We like to drink. Half this podcast is us, you know, drinking, drinking. and going on Instagram Live and, uh, you know, making bad decisions. And, it and so he, well. he DM'd us and was like, hey, Kennedy can't drink. You guys are going to drink her under the table. It's She's a, a lightweight. I've known her since high school. Fake She's news, a wimp. people. She's like, her drinking ability is Luke Falk's arm. That's what he said. Oh, God. This is the insider so we need. Our buddy He's Tyler good. Warden said. Okay, well, he asked, how much stock do front offices put into prospects' personalities for their specific city? For example, does Miami try to avoid big personalities, or do they want to embrace them? Uh, it. Yes, they, they definitely factor it in. So, you know, like the media market, I wrote about this a couple weeks ago. The media market in New York, it's going to be harder for some people to fit in there because there's going to be so much pressure versus Green Bay or Kansas City. It's different and it's going to be different in L.A. You don't want to draft a partier in L.A. There's too much opportunity. Like if there had been teams in L.A. when Manziel came out, it would have been like, hell no. Dalvin Cook last year, teams in Florida took him off the board. They're like, we can't have this kid in Florida. And thankfully, he got drafted by Minnesota, and it, you know, it was like this is a perfect fit for him. Uh, I remember Marcus Peters, who I, whom I loved coming out of Washington. It was like, okay, he can't go to Oakland or San Francisco. He has too many ties to that area. He's gotten in trouble before. So it absolutely plays in. You have to know the, the player and wh- where they're going to fit in terms of culture. I actually have a really good recent example, and I'm sure you heard the same. I know the year Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota came out, the big market teams uh, would have taken Mariota over James. Without a doubt. They all, yep. obviously, they weren't picking high enough to do so, but there was multiple big market teams that had Mariota as the number one quarterback. And the sole reason really was that they felt the success rate would be, or the fail rate yeah. would be lower. I know someone who used to scout for the Giants. Um, he's is let go or has been let go with the, the turnover there. But you know, he even said last year, like, Trubisky is perfect for us. Because he doesn't care about anything but football, and they loved Carson Wentz too. Because he did, like, guy was just quiet. Like, he just wants to drive his truck around and watch football. That's why he can work in Philly. 
as well. Yes. Like he's yeah. not going out riling up those fans. They're climbing grease light poles. That's impressive, <laughs> by the way. But yeah, it does factor in. It, it's all part of. It's all part of what you got to figure out. Okay, wine guy on Twitter wants to know what's the Stephen dumb. Nelson? <laughs> yeah, is that Stephen Nelson? Oh my god, boom <laughs> <laughs> roasted. <laughs> There's so, nothing wrong with wine. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. I know. I think we. I just we like mine really fresh. Yeah, like four. <laughs> like yours fresh. Yeah. Grape. I like a nice 2018. <laughs> yeah, a 2018 uh, grape. Yeah. You know, <laughs> with grape juice with alcohol. Yeah. It's <laughs> okay. So he wants to know what's the dumbest reason you have heard of a team pulling a guy off their board, and this is obviously you know information that you're allowed to release. Oh, that's hard. To I have nothing. <laughs> I don't think I have anything I can say. Can you say. make one up, <laughs> Mello? No, no, no. <laughs> the one that came to mind is not good. Okay. <laughs> Mello so like on the spot is dangerous. When we do the editorial. They go to me. They look at me and they go, "Should we do it?" And I say, "No." Mello goes, "Okay." When I say no to Matt, he goes, "Can we please do it?" And it's like, "No, we cannot do it." Uh, and then we do it anyway. Yeah, that's man. I'm trying to think of an example. No, you can stuff. say that one, Michael Sam. Michael Sam, people took him off their board for character concern. That's yeah. a real one. That's okay. yeah, I didn't yeah, want to yeah. feather. No, no, that's a good that's, one. I mean, you're not, it's not lies. It's actually really interesting. It's kind of like Shaquem Griffin. Like, teams are probably going to take him off their board. Yeah. Not because yeah. he's a bad player, but Man, you're they can't evaluate yeah, you, you owned the question. So, right mine, not, not a guy who was taken off the board, and this is our last draft on draft question tonight. It's a good one. Derek Carr was moved down boards because he was married. And teams are like, no, 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 we want a guy who doesn't, no kids, no wife. It's a question. Married to football. Married to football. Good point. Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's, and it's different for every team. You know, Josh Rosen's going to get taken off the board for a hat and a hot tub. So (laughs) it's a little different. Sounds like a good night, honestly. Yeah. All right. Did you guys have fun? I had a ton of fun, man. And I had so much fun that everyone came out and had a good time. Yeah, and we're going to record Stick to Football Fridays as normal. Uh, a good buddy of ours, who's we've hooked, he's hooked us up down here for years. We know all the great places to eat. Uh, Adam Heisler, he runs a baseball academy down here. We're going to record the Friday show. He, no excitement on his face. He's listening yeah, to me say this, and I think he's in a coma. He's like, they're, they're going to do what? We're going to record from his baseball facility tomorrow, see if I can hit a fastball. I can't. I couldn't 17 years ago. There's no fucking way I can now. Yeah. Yeah. How fast slider. is this gun going to go? Because I'm just going to try to get hit I first pitch. Lacrosse, so I mean, I, I'm trying to. I'm taking bases. <laughs> you know, I'm going to bury bonds this stuff. I'm just wearing my gear and getting hit. So we're record stick to football Friday from there. It'll be out Friday morning as always. Thank you again to Draft Picks Tap Room. Thank you to everyone who came out all week. Y'all were great. Everyone who sent in questions online. Thank you to Phil Savage and the Senior Bowl people for giving our dumbasses a, a spot to hang out. Uh, thank you to producer Dan. Producer Ooh. Dan. Whiskey Dan. Whiskey Dan. Oh, my God. Whiskey Dan kind of owned the week. Let's yeah, double double yeah. jacks on us all night, winner, man. Winner of the week. And I, on us, I mean Turner. Uh, rocking the sport coat in the Cubs shirt tonight. Don't cut this Just out. Dapper. So <laughs> dapper. It, really, you've been amazing all week, man. We, we record the show. This is how it works. We record the show. I throw my headphones and start pounding beers, and you sit here like feverishly working, and you're like, show's done in 45 minutes, guys. And it's like, I'm trying to black out, man. Yeah, and you're over here awesome. working. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Could just, could we just keep buying him drinks. So you've been amazing all week. Uh, to, to Kennedy, to, to Dan, to Adam, to everybody who makes this show happen. This has been a great week. It's been the first time we've ever all been together. So hopefully, y'all have enjoyed it. Hopefully, you've enjoyed it enough that you'll tell a friend, that you'll download the BR app, that you'll subscribe on iTunes. We'll answer your question there. If you leave a five-star review, it's that simple. So get our attention. That's how you do it. So thank you all very much. Uh, We'll talk to you Friday morning. We'll be back next week, Wednesday morning, Friday morning, with our regular shows.